0: Welcome back. We're joined by Bill Walton, friend and colleague of now many years. He has been uh, very influential on Wall Street. He's now very influential through his television podcast, The Bill Walton Show. And Bill, one of the things that I think really requires some close scrutiny at the moment is the way in which economic warfare is actually being pursued at the moment, um, not just by the Chinese Communist Party, of course, um, but now by NATO and the United States, Joe Biden is headed off to Europe to talk about this and more, I'm sure, with our NATO allies this week. Um, Give us a flavor of, first of all, what are the various sanctions that have been imposed in response to Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine? doing to the Russian economy, to its currency, uh, and potentially to, you know, how the world's economic system operates?
1: Well it's had a the, the economic sanctions by the EU in particular have, have been a real crushing blow on most of the China or most of the Russian economy. Uh, they've they've after the entrance after the, their last invasion of a small country, Crimea, in 2014, Putin announced a, an import, uh, uh, I think it was, a. I can't remember his, his title for it, but they were going to become less import dependent, uh, and that just has not succeeded. The, the growth industries in Russia have been technology-related industries, and 90% of what they do in technology relies on on imports of subcomponents from the rest of the world. And so we've got this this lopsided economy now where oil and gas, fossil fuels, natural gas, uh, the the production's fallen off, but most people are still buying oil and and natural gas from Russia, notwithstanding the sanctions. Uh, The rest of the country, though, is really uh, problematic. You can't even get pet food in, in Russia. and. The question for Putin is how long will the Pr- Russian people put up with this? It's already since 2014, GDP per person has fallen at almost 10%, while the rest of uh, Europe has grown by about 10%. So they're, they're declining rapidly in relation to other European countries. Uh, and it's uh, beginning to create some, some unrest. Uh, whether that puts pressure on Putin to wrap this up quickly remains to be seen. Uh, Bill, to the extent that we have seen um, people continuing to
0: buy Russian energy, um, it's particularly noteworthy that uh, the Indians have done a deal with Putin that not only will involve uh, large amounts of natural gas, I believe, and oil coming from Russia to India in violation of the sanctions, but also that uh, the deal's denominated in rupees. Um, The Russians are taking rupees instead of uh, petrodollars, as they're called, Talk about that, would you, and and also about Saudi Arabia and uh, what they're doing with the Chinese
1: of a similar kind. Frank, what's happening in the Russian economy is a sideshow. I mean, it's already per capita, sixty; they rank 68 in the world now, and, and they're already, they've been suffering for a long time. The headline here is that what the Biden administration has done with its desire to shut down the fossil fuel industry in the United States has led, A, to Putin feeling aggressive about going into Ukraine, but it's also making uh, people, countries all over the world decide, well, maybe they don't want to rely on the dollar, to, the petrodollar to, to buy their oil with. And as you mentioned, China is already talking with Saudi Arabia about buying its oil in yuan. Uh, now, that's about 6 million barrels. And, and China imports about, I think, 25% of, the, of their oil from Saudi Arabia already. I may have that number. Jarbled a bit. I'll, I can come back to you on it, but it's a lot. And if they switch to uh, one as opposed to dollars, that's a big change. With India buying oil from Russia in rupees, that's another change. And what's happening, people, even African com- countries, are thinking, well, maybe we need to create a currency block to buy our oil in something other than dollars. Uh, India, Pakistan, Russia have already, I'm sorry, it's India. Russia and China have already been talking about a currency block to trade and to trade oil in and so the the big risk here is that the United States is could lose its status as the world's the dollar could lose its status as the world's reserve currency and if that happens our 30 trillion dollars in deficits our 2 or 3 trillion dollar annual deficits all that becomes much much more problematic because it's unclear how we would finance it so these 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 people are, are are tempting the fates here with all this climate insanity. Uh, that's not only making us dependent on the world for um, our oil and gas, or at least some of it. But the the reserve currency for me is the very very big big issue here, and it's unclear how this is going to unfold. Unfortunately, I don't see a lot of grown-ups in the. Uh, Biden administration or, 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 or wise people, including Janet Yellen or Jay Powell, who seem to be capable of doing much about it?
0: Well, first of all, they're not doing anything about the climate change agenda other than intensifying it, of course. That's the policy of the Biden administration. But, but to your larger point, Bill, um, they seem to be so sanguine about the immutability of the dollar as the reserve currency of the world that they can't be bothered um, stopping, for example, the printing presses uh, from continuing to generate more and more dollars worth less and less, which I think is at the heart of this problem, um, as is, of course, sort of responses to the SWIFT decision and uh, other economic sanctions uh, that you know rely heavily on you know, the dollar's preeminence. So, Bill, do you see an alternative? You mentioned regional arrangements, but is there really emerging now a workable alternative to the dollar, do you think? And if so, wouldn't that catalyze very quickly this kind of uh, replacement?
1: Not yet. 80% of the world's oil trades in dollars. So there's a big, big delta to go from dollars to something else. What we could be seeing happening, though, is instead of globalization, we could be seeing regionalization. You know, China's already looking inward to look for finance inside China as opposed to going outside the world for its uh, investment dollars. And we're seeing that with uh, Xi's uh, crackdown on the technology companies. Uh, And, you know, Russia's already talked about not being dependent on imports for its... uh, for its economy, and 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 it, they're basically saying, well, look, we'd rather have a smaller, more primitive economy than trade in the world where we're dependent upon all these other countries for essentials. A lot of company, countries are beginning to think like that, and so this is a tectonic shift. I don't see it. It's, this is not like the dollar is going to be replaced next week, but countries around the world are looking at the United States, and they're looking at the 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 ham-handed way that we got out of Afghanistan, the arbitrary way we've shut down our own fossil fuel industry—they're looking at leadership here, and they're saying we can't trust them, and therefore we've got to look for our own sorts of finance, our own relationships, all sorts of uh, you know bilateral arrangements with with countries that they feel they can do business with, and trying to leave America out of out of the equation—that's a big problem. Yeah.
0: Well, the the phenomenon of separate pieces that uh, countries may well be striking with, well, the Russians, uh, no, excuse me, the Chinese, notably, and uh, it, it brings me back to something you touched on there a moment ago, Bill. Um, we have been arguing, as you know, and have you been very helpful in this, that we should not be investing American uh, pension funds and the like in China. Um, The Chinese market has been subject of late um, to considerable volatility. Does that powerfully uh, reinforce the general argument we've been making about Larry Fink and others, as we talked about previously, Um, making this sort of investment in our most dangerous enemy uh, is now not only a bad idea strategically, but it seems to be pretty perilous financially for the investors themselves.
1: Well, well, here's 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 the problem. China is the world's second largest economy. It's, it's almost its largest consumer goods market. And we've seen in the last 10, 15, 20 years, American-based multinationals rush into China to uh, to uh, grab market share. Well, that was before Xi really began to exercise his whip hand. And mm. China is becoming less and less investable. We've, we've seen the market cap of the big Chinese uh tech companies aggregate, I think it was like four trillion trillion three three years ago. And after he began cracking down, I think the market capping aggregate now is 1.4 trillion. So a loss of you know, more than half. Uh, and also the volatility that exists because everything depends on the whims of the Chinese Communist Party. Investors got scared, spooked that she was going to shut down you know, foreign investment, the investment markets in China. Markets plummeted in in the last two weeks, uh, almost 20, 30, 40 percent. It was a bloodbath. And then the Chinese Communist Party regulators came in and said, no, no, we're going to protect the market. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the prices whipped back up to where they are about where they were two weeks ago. Now, you could breathe a sigh of relief. I wouldn't what this says is that you can't depend on market fundamentals to determine whether your investment dollars are going to be safe. It'll depend on Amen. whether the Chinese Communist Party wants to protect your particular investment. That's not a bet I would make, and I don't think it's a bet anyone should make.
0: Yeah. Most especially people who are betting with your money without really your knowledge or uh, Desire for them to be doing so, um, Bill. There's so much more to talk with you about. As always, we run out of time before we run out of topics. But it's always delightful to have a chance to visit with you, even if. Occasionally, uh, the tidings are not entirely happy. Um, Thank you for the work you do at the Bill Walton Show and, uh, of course, for your visits here with us each week. We appreciate them greatly, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. Next up, we're going to speak with another of our regulars, Reggie Littlejohn, and she's going to give us an update on this phenomenon of digital health cards. Is this a way of... Introducing the Chinese social credit system here in America. What would that mean for you? That and more straight ahead.